Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode. Ooh, uh, 35. Yep. Yes. 35. That is correct. Thanks. I'm trying to think of like a milestone. 35 isn't really a milestone. No. At this point, it's more just like the 10s, like 40, 50. And then 52 will be a big one. Because that's, I didn't even think about it like that. Like that's a a year. year. Wow. Look at us. Case, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm feeling better this week than I was in the last few weeks. It's, um, I mean, the weather sucks. Like t- we were just saying two weeks ago, I got like last week, I think I got a sunburn and today it was a little snowy, but we are doing online learning and I feel like I feel safe. Like I just, I like, I'd rather be at home at this point mm-hmm. than, than dealing with the stress of schools right now. So yeah, no, I'm work has been pretty manageable, which is nice because last time I was online, I was like totally overwhelmed. But yeah, so not bad. And you, Jack, one more day. Yeah. Oh, no, today. Today is the last day. My last day of classes, it, it's a relief. I get a couple of weeks off and then I'm taking a couple of summer classes just to kind of keep my mind sharp. I know. I'm really proud of you for doing that. If you're not working, you might as well be doing something towards your career or your like future, right? So mm-hmm. I'm proud of you for doing that. Yeah. Um, besides that, I mean, at the like very moment, a little low energy. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I don't normally start my day until there's a PM <laughs> next to it. Yes. And I got up this morning to watch. There was an AM. <laughs> there was an AM and a single digit AM. I don't know how people do that. But yeah. I did really enjoy our movie challenge. We'll also talk about Falcon the Winter Soldier. Uh, we're going to have The Great Debates Part 2. Mm-hmm. And... Um, pick our next movie i guess yeah, oh and yeah. well i guess we can talk a little bit about the oscars this sunday yeah which just a little like just it's this sunday <laughs> yeah that's that's almost all we have to talk about yeah we're just just reminding people it's on so next check. our next next episode will be uh oscars recap yeah and then the movies we're watching between now and then because i still have a few so i just quickly touch on i watched the sound of metal today uh, who's it star? Uh, Riz Ahmed. Okay, thanks. Sorry, I couldn't even remember his name. But um, it is so well done. It's so incredible. He is amazing. It's it's about a drummer mm-hmm. who he kind of, it's like a punk rock band. And it's just him and his girlfriend. And they travel around in this like bus or a, like RV or whatever. And um, so semi-successful, I guess. And he loses his hearing and just kind of his journey and the way they film it and the way they um, let you know what it sounds like for him. Some parts I didn't like because it kind of sounds like what's that sound thing that people don't like the oh, like just like a high pitched noise like a dog whistle. Yeah. Like or it's just it's like muffled and no what's that thing that people always like the sound thing. It's like it's got a it's got letters. It's like RFN or it's I, I know what you're talking about. I don't know because oh, okay. it's always like if you're under a certain age, then you can like hear it. Maybe you should do on a You know what it is. I just like you'll know when when we figure it out, which we don't have to do right now because that's a waste of time. But it's it's the sound like people don't like certain sounds, but other people do. And they have it's like a name like a, I can't remember. It's like letters. That's all I can remember. Anyways, it was like that for me at some points. Like I was like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine like hearing the world like that so Mm -hmm. anyways he's phenomenal movie i highly recommend i think it's just really well done and i think it's quite a journey he goes on and yeah so i enjoyed that i think we have quite a few just open category i feel like most years we kind of say oh this movie or these two movies kind of look like they'll be the favorite but 
without like box office numbers, I'm kind of excited because it just it feels so wide open. Yeah, I mean, I think Nomadland is is really has cleaned up this year, so I feel like that's a highly favorited movie. Um, I only have. I think one more left in the best picture and that's the father, which I do have here. So I will watch it before Sunday. Um, I don't know if I would pick that's my favorite movie, but I think I want to see the father and I think I want to have like a clear, you know, kind of reassess. So we'll do that next week. We'll do an Oscar recap and yeah, anything we watched between now and then. I honestly don't have as many movies as you would think I have. Yeah. Because I watch Nomadland. Right. And obviously Frances McDormand. It's just amazing every time I see her and Honestly, watching that movie kind of made me forget it was a movie. Yeah, it was very documentary style, didn't you find? Yeah. Like, the people didn't seem like they were acting. No, me. and her performance, you just kind of... All the roles she does, obviously, there's a lot of, like, chameleons. But with her, it just... It feels like she just is. It's, yeah. it's not that she's acting. It's just that's who she is. Yeah, she really embodies her character. I love her at awards shows, too. She oh, is she the is best. Like... like chaotic and yeah mean. like you just never know what's gonna come out of her mouth i love the unpredictability of her so i'm excited to see her this weekend and this award show should i imagine it's still a virtual award show at this point you know what i actually haven't heard i did read something saying like is it virtual because i don't think they've really said what it is i don't know if they're just having maybe the main people there and then the other like i don't know how they're working it so i would, I would love to see a red carpet where it's like oh my god what mask are you wearing <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah 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 i don't know i i mean i love the red carpet i love everything about the oscars but well like it's an event yeah so anyways at least it's something and i it's really the last kind of wrap up of of the award season i mean they do have the mtv awards which are very highly coveted as well but just right right on the same rung yes for sure that's the only other one i think that's coming up that one's obviously more fun but Mar- but uh, WandaVision got nominated for a lot for isn't, MTV. So isn't there always the Saturday? I feel like there's always an, a different award show. Like it's not SAG or anything. It's it, like this Saturday. Yeah, they? yeah, they do the creative awards. Not even Oscar. I feel like there was another. Oh this, yeah, the night before. Like BAFTA or something. Oh, BAFTA was like last week. Hmm. Yeah, because sure. I just remember. I think, I think they just split the awards. Hmm. They just do like the twenty five most kind of popular or whatever i don't know how they decide that i shouldn't even say because i don't know but they do 25 awards and then i think they do it's the creative arts and something it's called on saturday i didn't know it was saturday but i knew it was like the friday time before yeah it's the whole weekend thing party <laughs> yeah that, i feel like this is such a like not boring oscars but i feel like there's always like Ooh, whose Oscar party are you going to? Yeah. Like, is this going to be like, ooh, whose Oscar Zoom meeting are you going to join? Exactly. A lot of people are vaccinated now, so I wonder if that changes the awards season. I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess we'll see Sunday. It's just going to be a surprise. I'm yeah. happy you're going to be here watching with me. Um, What do you want to do first? Uh, I think Grand Budapest Hotel. All right. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, 2014 Wes Anderson film. Um, just like last week's, you're super prepared. Let's hear, let's hear your notes. I took I one put, of them already. I, well, you just two. Cause I said 2014 Wes Anderson and then I put Corky and weird. And I will add, I love Corky and weird. Yeah. I love Wes Anderson. It's pretty much every Wes Anderson movie mm-hmm. is quirky and weird. This one is, uh, to me, I, I thought it was interesting of 
who people think the main character of this movie is. Yes. I would consider it zero. Oh, 100%. Because he's telling the story. He's telling the story. But then also you kind of feel like it's, I feel like I just watched it, but I can't remember if it's Gustavo or Gustav. Gustavo. Like Ralph, Ralph Fiennes' yeah, character. Yeah, Gustavo, I think. It's kind of the story revolves around him, but it's not really about him. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does, yeah, because he's more the narrator. Zero is more the narrator, mm-hmm. and it's about how... Yeah, so it's it's like going back and saying like how he got the hotel or how he runs the hotel or whatnot, yeah. So it goes right? back to his early days um, as the lobby boy, mm-hmm. which didn't know that was a title, and uh, the adventure in which they try to clear Gustavo of murder. Yes, because Gustavo liked to um, entertain the ladies, the older ladies, rich. blonde, <laughs> Re- old, rich. rich. Blonde, Blonde, needy, needy, or yeah, it was some, yeah. There was and I think there might have been another adjective in there. It but was. It was something like not damaged, but like oh, probably damaged. Something right. like that, where they needed like some confidence. And yeah. He was there for them. He does. And so we're jumping around three different timelines, kind of. So there's a modern day, which is basically how we start, and it's a girl mm-hmm. visiting the author, who the author, which is his like character name is the narrator at the beginning until Zero takes over Yes, in the narrator role. Um, then we're going back to 1968 mm-hmm. and 1932. Right. Because it's Wes Anderson and you're going to be confused. Yeah, and you're on a journey and you're meeting lots of crazy characters. And that's why I didn't have a lot of notes because I'm like, it's Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson is a is an experience. It's It's very hard to put down in words what's happening on the screen because it's like the story yes but then there's all these so many like layers to it and there's so many like weird scenes and I don't know it's just funny right and like all of a sudden Harvey Keitel is there and it's like you know like you're just like people pop up and little Ed Norton yeah, I was going to say, this ensemble... Yeah, it's crazy. So, Ralph Fiennes, Tony... It was interesting at the end when it said introducing Tony Revolori, who, well, we know him from Spider-Man. Yeah. But he, it, I guess... Well, this is also a major, major role for him to be the star or co-star of this movie. Uh, there's also Jude Law, who plays the younger version of the author, mm-hmm. who's having a conversation with F. Murray Abraham, who... Before, um, right? We Amadeus bar- had. I didn't know. And who now he was. I feel like we see him all the time in these movies. He is everywhere. And he's in like Homeland, and he was in Amadeus. He was in another movie we watched on this challenge too. Uh, I, I just can't remember which. But one it was off-hand. it was like an older version of him. Yeah, like all of a sudden he's just like everywhere. everywhere I. I think he's. I was gonna say the Prestige, but now as I'm looking, I just can't remember. No, but no. we've but, but we've, we've seen him enough. Yeah, we've seen him quite a few times now. Where it's like he is just around all the mm-hmm. time. I only knew him from Homeland, and now all of a sudden he's just like in every movie I watch. I feel like yeah. Um, also, uh, Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan, which I realized this is. I know she had done stuff before. This is the first time I had seen her oh, when I saw this movie when originally. Yeah, yeah. When I first saw that, yeah, and yeah, probably me too. I don't. Because then I looked through her credits and I'm like, not real. Like before that, there's like smaller roles. Like there was even one credit where she was in the audience of SNL. Like oh, she had okay. a credit for that. Did was she, Where was Hannah though? Because I remember her it's from Hannah. Before that, that was 2011. 
And when was Grand Budapest was 2014. Yeah. So that's where I knew her from Hannah. Cause I was like, who is this little dreamboat of an actress? Uh, and then you have the cast of characters that in, I feel like you can even add in, uh, uh, I said Jeff Goldblum, right? Yep, yep. Um, Adrian Brody, yep. Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. Edward Norton, Jason Schwartzman. I uh, put down Bill Murray twice. Uh, even Tilda Swinton yes, has yes. been in like a few. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she's even in the next Wes Anderson oh, movie. Oh, I cannot wait. I just showed Maggot um, the uh, trailer. trailer for, it's called French Connection. And I don't know when it comes out. Is it Connection? I oh, thought it was Dispatch. French, oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. French Dispatch. And I just showed her the trailer because she loves Timothy Chalamet and thinks she's going to marry him. Yep. So she, I was like, and she's not a huge movie fan, but she'll watch it if he's in it. And she likes she will like Wes Anderson because he's different, right? Yeah, he's weird. Uh, Willem Dafoe, who also yeah. in in the next movie, Harvey Keitel, who we mentioned before, it is just, it's a moment, especially this movie has a lot of, uh, I think of the sequence when they're calling different hotel, like, concierges, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and it's just like, boom, this person, boom, there's Owen Wilson. I, like, I don't remember Jason Schwartzman in this movie. No, I didn't either. No. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's not it's not much. Like, no. even Owen Wilson isn't a little bit, but yeah. they just, he just gets these people. And even Adrian Brody, who I think does an amazing job in this movie. He's so good. And, I mean, all the characters are really good. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know, Adrian Brody just, like, did something different, especially from the other movie we watched, which now, not oh, that I don't yeah. remember, the it was a really difficult one to watch, but... Yeah, it was um, the one with, where, and then, and he was uh, Polish. Yeah, and uh, concentration camp stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to look now, I can't even see, I guess I didn't scratch it out on the list. <gasps> what? I know. Um... Film nerd quarter for this movie's hard because it's the entire movie. That's the thing. Like, I th- can I say what mine would be is yeah. when they're going, when they're trying to escape and they have all the help from the hotel concierge and they're on like the gondola thing and then they're in like they're just they're traveling around and all of a sudden like a random personal pack uh, pop up and be like, "Are you Gustav?" Yeah. And then they switch cars. I don't know. You'd have to see it. Like it's just like the craziest sequence of of events and scenes it's really funny i was trying to think of how many wes anderson movies are rated r because there's like a bit of swearing in it but yeah. I, I couldn't think of any other like maybe it's all of his movies and i just don't realize it oh it's rated r yeah oh well because there's some there's definitely like swearing like quite a bit of it i didn't realize swearing was like rated r though i thought rated r oh well i guess like, there's also like nudity and stuff yeah i always think of if it's rated r it has to be like nudity or sexual yeah, there's nudity. Yeah. And, well, like, definitely sexual stuff. It's, like, kind of a good thing we didn't watch this together. I know. Although it, the short, the scenes are really, like, short. Like, it's a couple seconds, but it, it's still enough. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, Yeah, like, the framing of everything, and I just, I really would love to, and it would be worth it to me to be part of the entire process of making a Wes Anderson movie. I feel like it probably takes, like, weeks longer than a regular movie because everything has to be shot so perfectly right and everything's framed to center or if it's not framed to center it's for a reason like everything is intentional yeah I, I would love to be around him I would just be curious to know what kind of director he is like is he like meticulous and like because it seems like he would be yet he's got a free spirit kind of 
attitude, I feel like. So it would be just fascinating for me to see, like, is he giving specific instructions? Is he, or is he just like, this is kind of what I want it to look like? Or, yeah, it would just be really interesting. I find him so fascinating. And he's one of those people that clearly you can go through this cast of characters, like how many times he'll go back and use the same actors. Clearly, they want to come back. Oh, for sure. I think that says it all, right? I mean, Bill Murray's, you know, like... I don't know, like he does, he's on his own buzz. And I think, you know, he's always working with him, right? And Sofia Coppola, like he's definitely got a, a niche mm-hmm. that he likes. He's, he's found a group because even Saoirse Ronan's in this next movie. Yeah, yeah. And now we get to add Timothy Chalamet to that list. Oh, and I think he fits in perfectly from what we know of him and the kind of movies he's done or whatever. Like I think he, he seems like he's going to fit in very well into the Wes Anderson family. Yeah, I, I also wrote down that this would be a great... Just any Wes Anderson movie would be very good to watch if you were partaking in a possible legal recreation mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. He just is... Especially the way the story is told, he just... I feel like it's almost every movie he does where it's like in chapters and parts and yeah, like it almost feels like a middle of a scene and it's just like, oh, this is part four now. Right, right. And there's no like rhyme or reason to how how we're telling the story right right it's just oh okay now it's part four and it's always different like decorations Mm -hmm. and it's really cool to see that Disney. like after i watched it on disney plus all the recommended movies i have now are like the tan aquatic of steve zizu like it's just all of his movies rush more right and although a lot of his movies feel the same none i don't think really any of them have similar like Mm storylines they're just all his crazy beautiful mind his his mind i can't even it must be so fascinating in there i I wonder he must have like i don't want to say he has ocd like it's a bad thing but i wonder if that's a part of his right process and why everything is like the way it's filmed and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i know it'd be fascinating to see and uh it was a it was an oscar winner not a it was nominated for best picture director all Mm -hmm. the big awards it only won, I don't want to say only, but it won like, uh, not set design, like costume design, right. original score. Mm-hmm. Like it won, I think three or four awards that year. Yeah. And to me, it would be one of those movies where I'd want to look back at the year because it might be not necessarily the best, but it might be the most memorable. Right, right. And the one that stays with you, right? Yeah. Um. I think that's all I got yes. with you. Yeah. Besides yes. quirky and weird. Yeah, I'm good. My notes are all done now. <laughs> all right. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode five. Wow. Watching it okay. once is not enough. I definitely say go back and watch it mm-hmm. two, three times because yep. this was a very intense episode. There were a lot of emotions. Even the writers before said, wait for episode five. It's going to make you cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't I think, think it failed. We really went on a, we really went on a, a journey of emotions on this one. We really tried to, I don't know what they, we'll, we'll just start at the beginning because then, and then we'll go through. But so the very beginning scene. Actually, I feel like oh, we okay, should say sorry. just in case. Oh, please. I will say spoiler. I'll put it in the major, description because major spoiler. we didn't talk about it last week. I think giving people a week. Now we can talk about even what happened in the last episode. Yeah. And so major spoilers, because I don't think we should, hold back especially because there was a character i think we need to address of who of who showed up so yeah right okay so the opening scene is the fight scene 
And it is with Walker. Well, he thinks he's Captain America, but Sam and Bucky. And it is, it's in this warehouse and it was so beautifully shot. The sun or the light coming in and it was just, it was just so good. Like I, I was, I was sucked in right away and it was, you know, they're trying to get the shield back because he just killed somebody. An innocent person to an extent. He's innocent. He didn't kill Lamar. No, which is what Walker's telling him, telling himself. And I, I feel like I have to praise Wyatt Russell every time. But Ugh. once again, he is just incredible. And the way he's just convinced himself. Mm-hmm. And you just see Sam and Bucky walk in. They're all standing there. And he's just like, you don't want to do this. Like he is just... And I feel like it's a question I didn't want to bring up too early, but like, I want to know, and there's more to his story in this episode, but I want to know if he's just lying on purpose or if he's just convinced himself that what he's saying and uh, killing Nico was to avenge Lamar and that he was the one that killed Lamar. I think he believes what he, he believes. I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's, I think he actually believes. And I think there's a scene which we are going to get to, but when he, what they do end up getting the shield back, he gets uh, put in front of a, it's not like a jury, but what is it? I like think a, they said Congress, I'm pretty sure. Something okay. like that. Some kind of like military, like yeah, disciplinary. Yeah, strip him of everything. And um, he, I, and this scene is so fascinating because he's like, I only did what you trained me to do. I only did what was ex- asked of me. So I feel like he's got this inner conflict of like, but I'm doing what you asked. Like, I don't think he understands. No. Like, you guys asked me to do this. You trained me to do this. Now I'm doing it and I'm, I'm in trouble for it. Like, I think he's got this fascinating way. He's he's built it in his mind. And and I don't think he's understanding like, like what reality and what, I don't know what he's been trained to do. Like, I think he's blurring a lot of lines. Mm-hmm. But I think he's convinced that this is, he is doing the right thing. And he even says it during the fight with Sam and Bucky. He says, why are you making me do this? And it was just fascinating because like that's how that's really how he thinks Mm -hmm. is they're trying to get rid of the shield. And he does such a good job of Sam's like, you got to give me the shield, man. And he looks up. He's like, you almost had me Mm -hmm. because he was listening to them. And you could see that they were having a conversation or even if they were just talking to him. There, there was something going on. And as soon as he says, give me the shield, he's like, oh, you're just trying to be Captain America. You're trying to take this away from yes. me. I am Captain mm-hmm. America, which like he says he com- a couple times. He completely switches, right? He was he was almost listening to reason. And then it's like he feels like he's being tricked or he feels like he's, you know, being duped. So he's like, no, I'm Captain America. This is what they've told me I am. So this is what I have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. So that, that fight scene, though, with and the point when... First of all, Walker using the shield and you could see the effects of the serum that he took and him and Bucky are having a very mono and mono fight. The part though, and Marvel, I feel like never really goes to this level, but Bucky gets up and just starts spilling blood out of his face after Walker hits him in the face with the shield. And I I don't know, to me, I mean, it was kind of gross, but like, I just liked that Marvel showed like, no, this is, this fight is serious. Like, it's not just, we're going to get up and walk away. Even when the fight's over. There's blood all over the shield. Mm-hmm. Sam's wiping it off, and he realizes this is him. Walker being Captain America isn't right, and it begins his pretty much entire arc of just this episode of I should I should I be Captain America? Yeah, yeah. He's got to go on his journey of like, 
you know, what is the right thing to do now in mm-hmm. this scenario, right? It reminded me of uh, Stephen Bucky versus Tony from Civil yeah. War, yeah. especially how they use the shield against Walker mm-hmm. and like breaking his arm and using it to basically end the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, a very moment of silence for Sam Sam's wings because Walker ripping them off. First of all, super cool. I love Sam. He's one of my favorite characters, but that was amazing. Yeah, I know it was. And and so like it. Yeah. Like, what would you say that was like? It's just so like, I'm going to I'm just going to rip these off of you and you're not going to be Falcon. And like, it's just yeah, his mindset is. He's off like he's in his own. I feel like it's also very symbolic for Sam of him losing those wings in that moment was not necessarily the final straw, but that was just an indication of it's time to become something more. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gives the wings, right? Yeah. Which Joaquin Torres, it was in the comics that he becomes the Falcon. And even when Sam shows him the wings, like, oh, what happened? And he's like, you could see how interested he is. Yeah. I hope it's in this last episode. We get to see Torres kind yeah. of come into that final fight scene, or maybe not even final, but in that fight scene in New York with those wings on. Yeah, I feel like it would be really cool. I'd be really excited. I, he's a great, he's a great addition. He's really good at that character, and he makes me laugh. And he's got that heart, like he's got everything you want in a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Sam in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, with Steve. Yeah, and now it's become falcon and captain like america the, again the mentor has switched right yeah. yeah i know so he leaves the the disciplinary place which i i feel like a lot of people talk about the show and they go oh it's marvel you know it's not that deep we're not talking about white privilege or mm-hmm. racism we'll talk about the isaiah bradley stuff but this was a moment where it's a sentencing and he's trying to negotiate and they just let he gets to walk out of the courtroom yeah and all he gets is a dishonorable discharge yeah nothing else happens nothing i know so brutal and i think the show has done a really good job with having that in there of just like how unfair it is without throwing like without it being like it is definitely subtle enough but 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 a little bit not like I don't know it's like they're just doing a really good job of it it. in this moment they had to throw it in your face because he murdered a Mm -hmm. person in the middle of the street in public and he basically gets a slap on the wrist yeah and he doesn't get to be captain america that's all that happens to him yeah and he still thinks he is so because he walks out going i'm captain america so clearly like you're setting this like you know person who's unhinged out of there right Mm -hmm. um so then he's sitting on the bench with his wife and we hear clip clop clip of high heels, but we and only see shoes. Only shoes, and you could tell in that in the very few moments before we get the reveal, you're thinking, okay, this has to be. If it's not our cameo, it's someone. It's someone of importance. No one's just going to be walking up and getting this attention for no reason. Yeah, because all you see is feet, high heels, feet coming, and they're walking with confidence, and they're walking with like, yeah, I'm here. Right. And so we're we're all guessing. We're like, it's so and so, it's so and so. We're trying to think of who it could be. And I don't think anyone had this guess. No. Oh my god, I had no idea. So again, spoiler, just in case you're still listening and you don't want to know who this was, it's Julia Louis Dreyfus. Who is someone once you see it, you're like, Oh yeah, they haven't been in anything Marvel. Yeah. Like and this was her and her, her moment. Her confidence 
this character is going to be so fascinating because I hope we get to see a lot more of her in the, in the last episode because she just sits down, commands the room, commands the space, is just, you know, takes control. At one point, the wife's like, who are you? She's not even looking at the wife. She's just talking to John. And she's like, or Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. And uh, so she's sitting there talking to him like, you know, yeah, like basically saying like, I know what you did, you you know, what you did was right. And she was like, oh, I would have killed the bastard too. And I also liked her little, the Captain America shield isn't owned by the government. It's a legal gray area. Right. And then the wife all of a sudden is like, who are you? And she just like hands her this card without even looking at her. And this card is blank. Like there's nothing on the card. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, she just says like, it'll be good for you to answer when I call. And mm-hmm. then just like gets up and walks away. Like it's like so. No context, no number. It's just. Like who are you even? Like, oh, or she does say her name, but yeah. she's like, don't uh, say it. <laughs> uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, which I think everyone, she said they call her Val. And then she goes, she doesn't, but don't, but don't call me Val. I don't want to repeat. I don't, yeah, don't call me Val, just think it. <laughs> yeah. And I also don't like repeating myself. It was just, it was such a good moment. And I also, people have said that she was supposed to debut in, uh, black with the black widow movie oh okay but because of the pandemic it was now and okay i think if it's not in the show i think she might be a little bit a part of the finale but not as much and they're setting her up for a future oh uh, in black widow not even black well black widow and i think beyond that because there's either well from the comics she was like a triple agent like she had a relationship with nick fury okay um she worked with Hydra at one point, becoming Madam Hydra. Okay. And it was also like a Russian super agent, something like that. Wow. So I, I think she'll be building like some kind of like super villain team. And I feel I th- like I need to read the comics. Like you have so much more background information than I do. Like I just really take it as it's coming at me, but I don't have any of this background, you know, since it- I've only been a Marvel fan for like just over a year. It's hard to because I don't read every comic. I also get a lot of information from like TikTok and people that have are smarter than me. Right. So then I get to relay this information. Right. It's hard to read all of them, especially the amount of like storylines and kind of crazy stuff. I'm sure someone has it out there of like if you're going to read comics and you want to add more context to stuff, they would have a list. Yeah. 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 But this character, it's definitely, she's going to be set up, especially picking an award-winning actress like this. Yeah. You're setting her up for something. I mean, she's so phenomenal, right? Like, she can do it all. Then we have um, the Zemo. Zemo and Sokovia, which a uh, very wow. kind of beautiful mm-hmm. tribute to his family, looking at their, I guess. Like a monument or it's yeah. like a statue of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bucky arrives and he's like, Zemo's like, I thought you would have been here sooner. And he does go to shoot him, but there's no bullets in the gun. Which a great shot of like Uh, up at Zemo, but the bullets are all falling out of his hand. And I just loved that moment for Bucky because he was trained by, or uh, he was programmed by Zemo to kill. And he showed in that moment that I'm over this. This isn't a part of me anymore. I am my own person. And I like when Zemo said, I took the liberty of crossing my name out of your book. Like it really hit my heart because as much as Zemo is a bad guy, like again, I I was cheering for him. He was, he was so incredible, not just with his, like his confidence as someone that was broken out of prison. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, you know, you guys need me. Yeah. And obviously in that episode, that's when Bucky freaks out and throws the mug. But 
just his confidence and even when he's lost he's he just kind of is all right i lost like that's it like yeah. l- like the darmelage come up behind him he's like ladies like all right i'm ready to go yeah because they're going to take him back to wakanda and i like that the girl said um was it i don't think it was io was it no was it um io um, yeah uh i can't remember if it was but she said he's gonna live the rest of his days like in not like a cell but like he's gonna live somewhere i think they said the raft yeah but i'm not exactly sure i, I just but I feel like it was, was kind of like you know it's not like okay we're gonna go kill him now or we're gonna you know like i don't know there was just something very beautiful about it it was just like okay like we have him now he's he does have to like he did bad things that he needs to be accountable for but they're not gonna kill him they're just gonna yeah this is now what's gonna happen and away he walks so it was a it was an emotional scene and an intense scene especially in the moment when Bucky's pointing the gun at Zemo and you think oh like he's he's gonna do it yeah like this is that was in that moment I thought okay I guess this is his closure this is what he needs but it it clearly wasn't no and before they leave Bucky says I have one last favor for you Mm -hmm. and I do I bring it up now yeah sure uh, so the other favor he gets is the Wakandans to make Sam a new, uh, assumably vibranium suit, mm-hmm. which, you know, Bucky brings it to him and the rest of the episode, I'm just waiting and I- I'm screaming at the TV. Just show me, just show me what it is. And right at the very end, Sam opens it and it feels like a Quentin Tarantino movie totally. because he what? looks at it and he might as well have just said <gasps> that. And then it ends and it ends yeah. before we get to see. Obviously, we're going to see it in this next episode. But it was mm-hmm. just a moment where I'm like, just show me. I don't care if it's one second. Yeah. Show me. Just a split second. Just show me a little corner. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Just show me what the color one one color, one small yeah. piece of it. I know they have to do that to keep people interested. But but I think if you're already interested, you're interested. Like, it's not like I if I saw the suit, I'd be like, OK, now I don't need to see next week. Like. Or right? seeing the suit would be like, ooh, I need to see this next yeah, week. Like it's I, not going to yeah. change our opinions. If you're five episodes into the show, you're going to keep watching. Of course. There's one episode left, which is so devastating. But um, so Isaiah, we got to go back to Isaiah. Yeah. Um, it is such a perfect scene for Sam because he wants to learn about Isaiah. And mm-hmm. Isaiah tells pretty much the story of the first Captain America movie where he is a super soldier and... He also brings it. It was it was a different event that I can't remember now, but he was told and his friends were told that they were getting shot with tetanus. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. But it was the soldier super soldier serum. And wow, well, try to say that five times fast. That was so, super <laughs> soldier serum. Um, but he one night is um, I imagine because of how he was talking. I don't know why, but I just thought about it being the um, uh, the Korean War because they were talking about like prisoners of war like a POW camp mm-hmm. and he breaks out of the facility to save his friends after hearing that they were just going to blow it all to hell to get rid of the evidence he saves all those friends and what do they do they put him in prison yeah yeah it's ridiculous like it's so bad and I think it's so important and I think what they're doing in this show is um, it's just it's really it's an eye-opening experience and I don't know. I think they're just doing a really good job. I don't know how else to word it. I just think it's just really well done. And it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad to me. Sam goes into the this conversation thinking, okay, I'm going to give him the shield. He's mm-hmm. going to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's going to fix everything. And Isaiah says, don't, don't unzip it. I don't want to see it. And kind of 
talks him through his experience and says like if you're not if you're not mad you're blind yeah you don't like you don't know what's happening around you it's and been I, 500 years and he says to like um there was one line he said i wrote it down because he said which i didn't really understand and i was like no self-respecting black man would want to be and i didn't really understand that because like why wouldn't you want to be a superhero like why why not if somebody's giving you the opportunity? So I, I had a hard time understanding that line. Um, but I liked he also said that don't like because they think he's dead, right? So mm -hmm. he's like, if you bring this to light, like I'm a dead man. So don't like, you know, like don't don't tell anybody. Just, just let me live just, in the shadows. Yeah, just let me just let me be. Do you know some people think that Isaiah is the power broker? Really? And. There was one person that like kind of showed how his speech about being imprisoned and stuff was kind of his supervillain origin story, which I feel like they didn't show Isaiah enough to really make him the villain. Yeah. And it would, it would be a really crazy twist, but I just thought it was it was worth mentioning I that at least it has also become the who is the big bad in WandaVision. It's become that version. It's just who is the power broker? Yeah. Do you think it's going to be Sharon? I feel like, especially once we see she breaks Batroc, who's George St. Pierre, breaks him out of prison. He was in the first episode with mm -hmm. the opening like helicopter so scene. Oh my God, yeah. He breaks out of prison and he's helping the Flag Smashers. He brings them some grenades, some weapons and stuff like that. I just don't know how she isn't. I, I if, yeah. if she's not, I want to know how she is this powerful and right. how she's able to do all of this. Unless she's working for the Power Broker. Could the Power Broker be um, Julie Louis-Dreyfus? It's possible. It's yeah. definitely... It, it's in a theory. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. I just... I also feel like we haven't seen her enough. Mm -hmm. I feel like if we keep... Even though Sharon is in like a couple ep, couple seconds of this episode just talking to Batrock on the phone, it's still showing her. Yeah. And, and she's, she's a part walking. of every episode. And where she's walking, she's got like armed... There's armed people all around like her. Like they're not... It's not... It's more subtle, but like the way she's walking, there are people protecting her. Mm-hmm. So I also I wanted to bring up because it's hilarious when uh, Sam is going to see Isaiah and he talks to Eli or Elijah, um, like uh, his grandson. Yeah, the kid outside playing yeah, basketball. They're playing basketball and he shoots and he missed the shot so badly <laughs> that someone made a video and they're like, this is why he can't be. He, I can't remember what his name in the comics is, but he can't be a part of the Young Avengers until you can make a jump shot. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I thought that was really funny. Um. So Sam and Bucky are working on the boat. Yeah. Bucky is flirting with Sarah, Sam's Loved sister. It. it it's so just hi, I'm Bucky. And she's like, Hi, I'm Sarah. Like it's just you could see this and I even know. Sam's looking back like, what is going on? Yeah. I think he even says it at one point, like, don't hit don't on my sister. Hit on my sister, no. I just I loved this because the show is very intense and there's been a lot of fighting and battles and stuff, but this episode outside of the beginning and outside of the Isaiah conversation was just kind of seeing Sam and Bucky bond. Yes. They're fixing the boat. And a really, a few like small details that I loved from this was that when Bucky's like, Oh, I have to catch a flight. And Sam's like, just stay here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why not? Like you, you clearly feel comfortable because he feels comfortable enough to not have to cover his arm. Yeah. Yeah. And even his intro, when he walks in bringing the case to Sam, 
there's this huge thing on our truck and they're like how are we gonna move this and he just like lifts it up and he just goes here you go yeah or yeah. you're welcome yeah yeah like he's just so sassy i know he is sassy and he wakes up on the couch which is a difference from waking up on the floor he's clearly more comfortable and yeah. he's figuring his stuff out yeah i think that's really important to note because he's always slept on the floor and you know it's like all these subtle things of just how he's evolving and stuff right mm-hmm. yeah it's good and they have this conversation as they're talking about being Captain America. And even Bucky says, Steve and I talked about this before he left. Mm-hmm. Like, And it adds some context that, okay, Bucky knew what was going to happen when Steve came back. Yeah. That Sam was going to get the shield. Yes. And he says, we wouldn't know what it's like mm-hmm. to give the shield to a black man. Yeah. And he's like, for that, I owe you, owe you an apology. And they have such a good, like, bro moment. Yeah, they do. And they do, like, a, the, like, bro handshake, handshake hug yeah. and stuff. Yeah. They're, like, walking away and they're like, yeah, we're not partners. We're coworkers. Yeah. Like, they're so... I know. We're not friends. We had a mutual friend. Now that friend's gone. Which yeah. I'm still going to say, I don't think he's gone. No. I think we would have seen at least a funeral. Right. Something. Yeah. And then we get Sam's training montage, yes. which this is another one where people, the Sam is like running, doing pushups. And as he's running on the trail, you can see the camera pan slightly to our right and his left, mm-hmm. referring back to, to him on, and Captain America yeah, on your left. On your left. And people just want, started saying, oh, you're reading way too much into that. He's just running. Obviously, you run on the right side of the path. But mm-hmm. then like Wes Anderson, you're framing it for a reason. Yeah. You're showing on your left for just that little nod to the fans. For sure. And, and I think it was beautifully done. Like, that's the way it should be, right? It should be all those little moments that true fran- fans would will pick up on, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing, again, I when we did our Marvel thing, I said Sam was my favorite mm-hmm. male character. Yeah. And just seeing him become Captain America, and you see the struggles, and you see him working it out. And he's figured it out. He opens that new suit, which we're going to see in this next episode. My biggest thing, and... I'm, I could already get teary-eyed thinking about it. Going back to the first Avenger, when they come back and Bucky says, let's hear it for Captain America, talking about Steve. Right. If he says that about Sam, yeah. I will 100% cry. Yeah. And I imagine they'll do something like that. Yeah, I hope so. I know, I'm really, I don't know, I'm so like anxious about it. Like, I don't want the show to end, and I'm, I don't know, I just get so, like, yeah, I just, I want to watch it at like 3 in the morning on Thursday. I mean, I'll set my alarm. Okay. I will. I'll wake you up for that. (laughs) And I think once this is done, if this show is coming back in some form, I think it would be a post credits, um, Captain America or even Captain Falcon, if they want to call it that way, which I love that Anthony Mackie has never called himself Falcon. Like, uh, did I say Anthony? I said Anthony Mackie, right? Because he's from New Orleans, which they changed that backstory originally. Like Falcon in the comics, I think is from Brooklyn or Harlem. One of those two. Okay. But because Anthony Mackie is actually from Louisiana, they changed it to that. Oh, okay. um, He won't say Falcon because he's from Louisiana, New Orleans, and the Atlanta Falcons are their rival. (laughs) So he won't call himself Falcon. He just calls himself Sam. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. And so petty. But I I love it. Yeah. Such a boy. Sorry. It is such a boy thing. Oh, 100% is. Yeah. I I think we'll see Captain America and the White Wolf will return. Mm. I think season two, if it comes back, that's what it'll be called. That's why I don't think they could announce it yet. Right. If they're both going to change their names, uh, Bucky isn't the Winter Soldier anymore. He's not. He's the White Wolf. He is. I, and I feel like they keep saying it. So yeah. So it's got to be for something. It's got to be. I know. I hope it gets picked up. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. You ready for our great debates? I'm ready. 
This is this is gonna get gonna, intense. Gonna take you down. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to start with? Um, let's do let's do our Mission Impossible movies. Okay. Because I have Ghost Protocol. Yes. And I still like I we talked about it, but I don't remember which one you. Ended I have up Rogue picking. Nation. Okay, so Rogue Nation is when I was thinking about Fallout or Rogue Nation, I was scared it was gonna be Rogue Nation because Fallout is like completely intense and yeah different but rogue nation just like the mind games of the syndicate and lane and even the opening scene i don't want to take away from your arguments uh, no because that's that's one I of have. them you take that away because I, I that's my one thing I, I really it's hard to argue against is the villain part of it yes um i don't know where to start uh, how about i'll start with on rotten tomatoes <laughs> It is higher than Ghost Protocol. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. Uh, no, I mean you have like the opening scene of um, of the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we. So I feel like okay. So why don't I start with this? I will say the stunt work and the action. I feel like are better in Rogue Nation. So you have hanging on to the side of the plane. You have that whole underwater scene. I think it's just for the action and the stunt work. I think it's just better. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about the beginning of Ghost Protocol and I watched it just to make sure it was what I remember and it's Ethan breaking out of a Russian prison. Is that the opening scene? That's the I opening thought the opening scene oh, was when they were canning uh, off the thing and the guy gets shot. Yeah, I guess that is the opening scene. Mm. The opening scene for Ethan is oh, breaking out of a Russian prison with I his see. buddy. Right. That's actually a really good scene. And pretty funny. I forgot. And the choreography of that, mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. like prison aspect of it. I, in terms of overall, I, I kind of have to concede. But you also, the climbing the Dubai building and yes. the gloves, the comedy mm-hmm. of, you know, you're climbing up this the tallest building in the world. It's blue. It's glue. Red. Dead. dead. It's just, it's pure comedy. But overall, I think there's also more stunts in rogue nation well you also have the introduction of rebecca ferguson which i think is a great addition to the mission impossible world because she's like an ethan hunt female version mm-hmm. right she's a female version of ethan hunt it's probably a better way to say it <laughs> and i think like when she gets him like you know we see her and then she helps him escape like that's the first time we see her and then we see her at the opera the opera whole opera scene is amazing and I guess my final thing I would say is I feel like Lane is a better villain than the villain in Ghost Protocol, which is played by, is it Kurt Hendricks? I don't know. Kurt Hendricks is, I think, the actual... The actor's name? No, I think it's the actual character's name. Yeah, so I feel like Lane is the better villain. There's something about him. I feel like... The in Ghost Protocol, the whole like parking scene, like you know where the cars are all parked. Yeah. I didn't really like that scene as a villain or whatever, and I really liked Lane as the villain. So I think I win that one. Um, well, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> um, I wanted. To- I thought you said I concede, so I was just like, no, I'll concede some points, but I'm mm-hmm. also gonna bring up Benji, who I'm pretty sure you see in previous, like you see him in the. Th- third one yeah he's in the third one but he's he's like a computer a desk agent yeah but this is where like even his yes. opening is like mm-hmm. i passed the field test yeah and he's, like ethan's like so like what like that's they're allowing you out there you also get uh jeremy renner and paul Patton. yes both yeah. get introduced which jeremy renner's in rogue nation which, yes uh, honestly not not even to dismiss your point i just didn't remember him in it yeah yeah because rebecca ferguson kind of becomes the number two in that movie number yes. three maybe yeah. with benji um 
Paula Patton has such a good uh well even Jeremy Renner because he is blaming mm-hmm. Ethan's wife's death yep. on himself and that's a really intense scene when they have to, when he talks about it and brings it up and he blames himself Paul Patton's husband is in the opening scene and he gets killed by uh I would say it wrong Leah Saydu I'm yeah. pretty sure who is like the villain in this show so in the Wes Anderson Grand Budapest and also is in the next one yeah um it also is pretty big reveal spoiler warning if you haven't seen this movie you see that his wife's alive yes and you get to actually physically see her yes yes not a not a hair behind scene like physically there's there's her face laughing and i'm pretty sure they talk no i think she just waves at him like they acknowledge or they acknowledge i don't even think she waves my my one thing against my own movie is that luther's only at the end right right I like um, the scene when they come out for mine in Rogue Nation, when they come out of the water scene and he's brought back to life or whatever. And Benji comes in, he goes, see, it's everything's great. Like, see, he still has funny moments in my movie, too. He does. And then they get into the whole car scene where he's trying to drive. And weren't you just dead? Yeah. Like Luther and, and Jeremy Renner's character are like trying to help them. And then he gets on a motorcycle. Like, I just feel like it's. It's just more action packed. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I just I also maybe it's even nostalgia that just keeps me with Ghost Protocol. Yeah, you just like Red Dead. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the villain definitely isn't as good. Lane yeah. Lane is such a like it's like psychological almost. Isn't this the one too where they get him in the end and they put him in the box? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he always talks about a box and yeah, it, it is a very like fitting ending. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good got him in the box i'm pretty sure he's in the next one too yeah i feel like he it's is. some capacity yeah i feel like he is too all right okay uh, so i won that one okay um seinfeld versus friends shit this one i'm scared of so because i like friends better it doesn't necessarily mean it's a better show but i will say this is what i have to say seinfeld is the comedy that was i feel like it was right in that time period but i feel like friends created more of a story and it was more um like we were more invested it was more of a story whereas Seinfeld was more like like each episode could stand on its own Mm -hmm. whereas I feel like friends had more of a like evolvement of characters and if we got to know them more a little more intimately not intimately like you know what I mean you were more invested in the characters and their relationships yeah like it was just Seinfeld was just kind of about them four and then you just kind of threw in different characters but not for very long yeah like and they had more like Seinfeld had more funny I would say lines and things that people use in pop culture Mm -hmm. you know like no soup for you and like I I know so many things like Like, I mean I wouldn't even like Kramer shirt in the pizza oven like there's so many like way too many yeah to even get into but I feel like friends was just more of the emotional yeah um I would say uh Seinfeld went one season shorter they mm-hmm. I think they knew when to get out yeah and I, I think it's the running joke of the whole show that it was just about nothing yes yeah and friends definitely had you more on an emotional roller coaster yeah yeah I would definitely say that I felt like I and I also feel like with friends it like aged better like I feel like every generation like I know like 14 year olds that have watched the whole thing and Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I could say that about Seinfeld like it's definitely got more of um, a watchable 
like rewatchable. Whereas Seinfeld was, like I said, it was kind of in that time. It was amazing, but I don't know if it's like aged as well as Friends. And these were two shows that were like on back to back. It was. That must have been the best night. Best night of my life. Every Thursday night, we didn't have PVRs, you guys. We had to watch commercials. You had to watch the show at that time it was on so we all used to gather you know I was in my these the friends were all in their early 20s when it started I was in my early 20s and we all had our group of friends and Thursday night we'd all have a huge dinner together big family dinner we'd watch it was I think mad about you but I'm not don't quote me on that but it was like something at 8 8 30 was friends and then Seinfeld and then we all went to the bar it was the best night of my life and I think that's why I hold on to that show is for nostalgia. It just brings back so many lovely memories. And then by the time it ended, I was like married with two kids. Like I really went on this like journey. You aged with the show. Yeah. So it just, it it will always, it will always hold a place in my heart. So Uh, my only really other argument is in terms of like spinoffs or continuations is we're doing Joey versus Curve because it's still Larry David. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I hands down would hand that to you like easily. Just because Joey yeah, was so Larry underwhelming and so hard to go against. Yeah. That's why I was like, when I saw it, I was, I started looking stuff up and it, Seinfeld won everything like on Rotten Tomatoes on like best comedy. It won everything. And I was just like, I am going up against a giant. Not that friends isn't, but I'm just saying like it, it does have the better, I would say writing maybe like the like funnier. Mm hmm. I would say I would give you that, but yeah. Yeah. Funnier, but then having them back to back, I think would add, I think it would make it more difficult to compare. Like I watched them both as separate entities, yes. but if you're watching them uh-huh. within an hour or like from eight thirty to nine thirty, these two shows are on as much as you could compare them because they're both on, you're seeing them both and they're not doing the same thing at all. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'll take that one. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, this is I, I really like this one because I think we should save the most prestigious one for last. So we're doing home theater versus the movie theater. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, especially in a pandemic, I feel like I'm definitely gonna lose this one. Or everyone misses movie theater, so they'll yeah, want them more. I hope so. I'm really scared that we're gonna lose movie theaters. I'm really, really scared because. I know drive-ins are making a bit of a comeback now because then you can be socially distanced and it can be safe and we're still watching movies and we're outside and, you know, like, so I feel like they're making a comeback, which we always went to drive-ins. That never has, that has not changed for us, but I feel like more people are starting to do that because people want to get out of their house too, right? So I guess I'll just say my few arguments and then you can go unless you would like to go first. No, you can go first. Okay. Okay. Um, I think for going to a movie theater, drive-in or a theater, whatever you're doing, you're, you're, it's a, an experience and it's a, it's an atmosphere thing. Like when you're watching it at home, like, I just want you to picture this. Okay. You put your movie on. Okay. You have your snacks. Yes. You can go to the bathroom anytime you want. Then you have to pause the movie. So you're getting out of the movie. You're, you're not staying in it. Oh, then Amazon arrives. Oh, and then the mo- and then the oven dings. Oh, the dog wants outside. You know, like there's so many distractions at your house that I it's just nice to get out and to really be immersed in it. And it's dark and it's loud and it's like you can really be in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
that's all I have. <laughs> those are my arguments. That's fair, though. I, it did make me think a little bit. My number one thing has to be it's just cheaper. Like if you're one hundred percent. If you're even if you're buying what a four ninety nine five ninety nine movie, popcorn alone is like ten twelve dollars. Yeah, I don't know any movie that's four ninety nine either. Like it's never that cheap to go to the movies now. To, it's go, like oh, to go to a movie theater. Yeah. Like if you're renting a movie at oh, home, yeah, it's a few dollars. Or if, yeah, or if you're a uh, scene card, you could get it for free with your yeah. points. But even when we did, like when I really wanted to see Mulan, I really wanted to see it in the theater, but I saw it at home. I don't mind spending twenty four ninety nine or thirty. I don't even mind spending thirty. It's still cheaper. It's still cheaper. Like and if the if four of us went to go to a movie, that's what forty eight dollars at least. Yeah, and that's just probably for tickets. Oh, one hundred percent. The movie's like twelve, thirteen dollars. At least, I would say. I think it's about that, though. I think it's I wonder, like 14. I was going to say, I wonder if it would go up now. Is it going to go up or down? Even, oh. I mean, if it went down, I would go see more movies. Like in the I, theater. Just, I, I would, especially like a Marvel, Star Wars, movies like that, you oh, have to see like them in the theater. You have to. Like if Black Widow, if I can't, like, I know we have a backup plan if, if theaters aren't open by then, because we have till July, but I really just want to see it in the theater. Like, I just want to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. But. That's okay. We'll see. Um, also, the I think the customizability of you don't have a fixed time of when you have to watch this. Yes, yes. The pause rewind thing, I think, is it's a, it, it is a benefit, but it also can hurt. Like it. Does, oh yeah, I think it's a, for me, it's a hurt. It takes you out of the yeah, movie, but then for you sure. also don't have to like if you have to go to the bathroom, you can pause it and even rewind a few seconds so you don't miss anything, so you can get back into it. But you definitely do get pulled out. Yes, yes, for sure. The, the snack part, you get any snacks you want. You don't have Cheaper. to pick You don't have to pick two on the top row or whatever <laughs> right? it is. We always get that. I'm like, damn, top row. <laughs> it's always the top row. I know. Um, yeah. The popcorn I, is better. Popcorn at the movie theater is better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I was giving you I was giving you one. Well, no, that would be for you. Oh, right. In the movie theater, it would be better. Right, right, right. But, I switched teams there for a second. <laughs> Um, I also, I don't think any, it's hard to top a movie theater because I don't know how many times this has happened for you, but having a movie theater where it's like just you in there Mm -hmm. is what you get at home all the time. Yeah. If I had a really nice home theater, I would probably like it. Like what my, my brother has, he built his own like home theater. It's such a cool room. If I had that, I don't know how often I would go to the theater, but when you have our tiny little house, and a dog that has to pee every five minutes as soon as we stick a movie on or like, I don't know, just distractions. You know, if not everybody's watching the movie and people are coming up and eating and, you know, so if I had a, a dedicated room, yeah, home theater, it would probably be different. Yeah, that's fair enough. I would, you know what? I'm going to call that one a draw. Oh, okay. I think that was good arguments back and forth. Okay, good. It's a very civil argument. It was. All right. Our last one is Oscars versus the Golden Globes. Yes. I think my biggest one has to be I have the more prestigious the Oscars. Yes. And it's also how people are going to be remembered in terms of awards. Yes. I will give you that. That is true. People don't go, oh, my God, did they win a Golden Globe? For sure. It's always the Oscars. It's like the highest prestige. Yeah, I was going to say, they'll mention Golden Globes, but it is but this, a level Academy down. Academy Award is different. Um, I will say... How to start, I will say, it is the first big award of the season. It kind of sets the tone. It sets, like, kind of 
what is going to be what are people watching what are, what is going to be because most of the time it's whatever's nominated for a Golden Globe most of the time it's nominated for an Oscar not all the time I know but it's it's relatively the same mm-hmm. it's it's close enough yeah like there's not always there's not a huge amount of surprises once the Golden Globes are announced then it's like kind of sets the oh, okay this is what everybody's watching or this is what the um but a, a major, I will say for my Golden Globes, which I'm just going to say it so you don't, is that who votes on it is is bad. Yeah. If you're winning an Oscar, you're winning it from your peers. Yes. It feels a little more... I, and obviously, besides it being... I don't even know if... It's probably been around longer. But like, even if it's 10, 20 years difference, it's something different getting something from a bunch of people that write about movies mm-hmm. than the people that are a part of them. Yes. Yeah, no, it's for sure. And I think that Golden Globes know that they've, they're very, very behind in the times and they need to like do some major uh, damage control right now. Um, uh, I will say, so I'm going to just like, that's obviously is not why I like the Golden Globes, but I do, I do like that they, because I feel like TV has really upped its game. That is your best argument. Yeah, it is. You're getting both. And TV, I wouldn't say 20 years ago, that was a big deal, but I feel like TV has really upped its game and they have some amazing shows now before it used to just be like, there was a couple of good shows and there was a couple of good comedies, but now it's like a whole different ballpark of shows with, you know, Handmaid's Tale or Killing Eve or, I mean, there's some really good content now out there. So when you have TV and movies in the same room, it's, it's like, you really feel like you're getting a lot of star power. Mm -hmm. I feel like honestly, at this point, TVs are more, Mm -hmm. TV shows are bigger than movies i do too yeah especially without movie theaters that makes a really big difference that you can't really look at box office numbers as much yeah but yeah it it, it is definitely your best argument i i'm gonna say it it doesn't sound like a positive but i think people getting bullied out of being the oscars host is actually a positive Mm. because outside of I don't think we need a direct host. I think if you have someone, you can pick someone to come out and do a little monologue at the beginning, talk about all the movies and stuff, crack some jokes. Outside of that, though, you don't really need a host. No. You just need people presenting awards. For sure. But I also think we think differently of how award shows could go, should go, because I think let's just, let's move this along. and Right. And I'm more like, let's, it's only once a year or whatever. So let's just enjoy it. I don't care if it's four or five hours. Like that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these people put a lot of work in and I'm, I'm here for them to like celebrate their accolades. Like I'm, I don't, it doesn't bother me the length. I can also fast forward if I want to, right? Like I can, Yeah. Um, I will say another positive of the Golden Globes. It's just way more relaxed. It's way more fun. It's fun. People are drinking. They're at tables. It's silly. It's like, you know, I mean, the best part is when somebody wins an award and they have to try and get to the stage because they're dodging like people and they're people are all saying hi. Like you're walking by like Meryl Streep and Robert De Niro and you're just like Brad Pitt. Like, hi, everybody. <laughs> like, it must be so awkward and amazing, I, though. I'm I here love with it. all these amazing people, but I'm winning the award. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, get by them. Like, I just I don't know. I love that when they're all trying to, like, OK, I don't know how to get to the stage, especially if it's someone that's not used to winning or, you know, mm-hmm. so it's I don't know. It's my favorite part. That would that would be something that, like, real Oscars fans would get annoyed with. Like, ugh, what are you doing? Just walk to the stage. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. It definitely is more of, like, a buttoned-up event. For sure. And it's harder for... I even think of someone like Jennifer Lawrence, who's an Oscar winner, but, like, 
she just doesn't fit the mold of an Oscar winner. Yeah. Well, I mean, she fell up the stairs. Yeah. That's that's her shtick, right? Like, she's just like... She's um, a regular person. Just a regular person. I fell up the stairs. Okay, so my last argument for Golden Globes is I like that they separate the comedy and the drama for the actors and actresses because yeah. I feel like you can't put... Okay, so remember the one year EZA, Emma Stone got nominated. Well, she's not going to win an Oscar for EZA. Like, she's... You know, you're putting her up against who, like, you know, say you're putting up against Frances McDormand or something. Like, it's just harder to win if it's com- comedy is not as revered in the Oscar world. Mm-hmm. So I like that in the Golden Globe, they separate it. Yeah. That's yeah. all I have for Golden Globes. I, I think also the bookend aspect is the Oscars is the end of it. And it's the yes. kind of end all mm-hmm. be all. Yeah. Yeah, but- it is your prestigious. I mean, I think that's your biggest argument is is where I would give it to you is just that it's that's what people are remembered for. When you look at someone, they don't say the Golden Globe winner most of the time. It's always the Academy Award winner, nominee or or winner. Mm-hmm. If you're nominated, even it is a big deal. Like that will always stay with your name as an, when you continue in acting, right? Because mm-hmm. I was reading something and they it was like an article about like if they people were married or it was like a silly article and it said the Academy Award nominee. And I was like, wow, that was like 20 years ago and they're still like bringing it up. So I think for prestige, it's it's hard to argue against that. I yeah. just think mine's more fun. It's a title for someone. I, I honestly, to be completely honest, I enjoy watching the Golden Globes more. The Oscars is just always, especially when you have a moment and I, I love to bring it up a lot, but Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty messing up the best picture yeah. is something that is so horrifying and the oscars would never want to see it but it was a moment they got to feel real yes yeah and it was just a real person real people making a real mistake yeah yeah because it's a little too buttoned up like they need to relax a little bit like they are human beings right Mm -hmm. yeah we'll call that another draw all right i like it one win each two draws i like it let's draw another movie is that my turn it is your turn i like when it's my turn Uh, okay number okay i have two okay 19 just in uh, case that's what i think it is 19 is the usual suspects okay well it's 15 15 is inception oh i'm down for either um let's let's do usual suspects okay let's and then we can that. save inception for another time okay so usual suspects so usual suspects next week and besides that case got anything else i got nothing watch the oscars this weekend guys we're going to be talking about it next week all right and besides that we'll see you next time bye